politics without the soap opera with unfiltered constitutional conservative truth. The Conservative Review with Daniel Horowitz. And welcome back, fellow American patriots and Minutemen standing at the ready, waiting and willing to fight for our life, our liberty, our property. This is your host, Daniel Hurwitz, back here today on Wednesday, July the 20th. And I am on cloud nine from last night's election here. I'm actually a little bit behind on the news because I was so focused on Maryland, which is a state I never cared about, probably still won't care about, and will move one day. But we actually elected or nominated last night what could be the best candidate for governor in the entire country. Why, oh, why does it have to be in Maryland where it takes a miracle to win the general election? Uh, but uh, Dan Cox, he's in the House of Delegates, he sued the lockdowns early on. He is intrepid on medical freedom, made that a centerpiece of his campaign more than anyone. And he was outspent like 10 to 1 by the rhino, supported by Larry Hogan. But you know what? He had Donald Trump's support. And it just tells me how much we could have won in red states where you could actually easily win the general election if Trump would have made the right decisions in those states. It, it, it demonstrates, if nothing else, the power of, of his endorsement when he is on the right side of things. And it's just a shame. It really is a shame. He could have been that great equalizer. But look, I'm happy at least we have something there in Maryland to to hope for. At least we could run on something that we believe in. Results are for God. And this gets me thinking broadly. You know, you look at all the distractions and all my colleagues are talking about AOC's fake arrest, pretending she was handcuffed and Fox News will bring on a commentator to discuss that. But the biggest stories of the day, again, the fact that they committed genocide with vaccine injury, the fact that there are millions of people dead and injured from long COVID, the virus, and long vaccine. And it was all done on purpose. And to this day, the degree of criminality and fraud in our government agencies and Pfizer and Moderna is unbelievable. And yet again, we have barely any candidates even running on it. It's bizarre. This is all we can do is do justice, give an airing to the truth, and, and let the chips fall where they are. So today we are going to have on a very special guest, a doctor, to guide us through um, you know, long COVID, long vaccine injury, what he's seeing, practical guide. We're going to get into that. First, our sponsor today, Patriot Mobile, America's only Christian conservative mobile provider. Um, look, you know, they've been donating to some of those organizations that were involved in litigating the Dobbs opinion. Uh, unlike everyone else that gives, I mean, Verizon, T-Mobile, forget it. They they actually, they, they not only donate to liberal causes, but they're a part of this biomedical um, surveillance state. So in this case, you can ditch all that, but get the same great service, plus the knowledge that your money is going to fight for the sanctity of life, religious freedom, and your values. Go to patriotmobile.com slash CR or call 972-PATRIOT to get free activation with offer code CR and then the rates are are certainly competitive that you know you need with inflation now to uh, save every penny you can but most importantly the money you do spend make sure it is going to veterans first responders right to life not to right to death 
Go to patriotmobile.com slash CR. That's patriotmobile.com slash CR. Or call 972-PATRIOT. Ditch the carriers that hate you today. Okay. So the biggest news story of yesterday is too big to even discuss on a show like today where I want to get involved in the science and treatment and really a practical health show, which is so important. Um, But that is that 47 Republicans voted not only to codify gay marriage and to reverse the Defense of Marriage Act at a federal level, but it banned states from ever defining marriage as a marriage. And the bigger story is not the 47 Republicans. You know, okay, that's, what is that? Uh, You know, less than a fifth, or no, less than a quarter. You know, so something like 22, 23% of House Republicans, it's that there were many more that really believe in that, but they were scared enough of the conservative base. The bigger story is that Steve Scalise, the GOP whip, the leadership team, announced on something this uh, earth-shattering, they weren't whipping against the bill. Vote your conscience. In other words, like, we don't want to talk about it. Please, Democrats, don't tease us. Oh, we love gay marriage. And even the Republicans that spoke against the bill, they're more like, you're distracting us. You should talk about inflation. You know this is popular and you're just bringing it up. Or things like that. Or you're accusing us of going after gay marriage. It's not true. Uh, You know, the justices said it doesn't necessarily follow, even though this is even less deeply rooted in history and tradition than abortion. And we should embrace that. I want to do an entire show on this and how it's moved the Overton window up. So much, you know, a lot of journalists noted yesterday throughout the day how Joe Biden and a lot of prominent liberals in the Senate, they were either in the Senate then or in the House then, and they voted for the Defense of Marriage Act. And they were trying to bring out, oh my gosh, look at how radical people used to be. Even Democrats used to be in support of that. And in fact, it shows the opposite. Look how radical and desensitized even conservatives have become so quickly. Yes, believe it or not, people used to believe a marriage is a marriage. We're not even, I'm not even talking about biblical values. God forbid, Allah forbid, that conservatives should actually believe in that. What I'm saying is the notion that one particular sexual act and, and, and relationship gets elevated to the status of a national religion and could redefine a fixed term more than any other thing. Like, you know, premarital sex doesn't do that. Polygamous doesn't do that. Why does this change that? It literally makes no sense, but it was to groom us into a new normal so that then it would be elevated above any other status. It would trump individual rights. It would trump religious liberty, conscience, and property rights. Bake the darn cake, right? And then eventually lead to the transgenderism, lead to the grooming. A lot of people are like, well, Daniel, you know, I'm okay with gay marriage. I just don't like the grooming now. Well, where do you think that came from? Where do you think this entire thing came from and where it was heading? We always had some degree of homosexuality going on. But no one ever had a notion that you would redefine marriage to accommodate that. Why would you even do it? They were never under assault. Already in 1996, in the Romer case, Scalia noted that it was the most in vogue thing in the legal profession. So, you know, there was no, they weren't being persecuted. By the time Obergefell came around 2015, you already had religious institutions being persecuted. It's just the opposite. 
So Republicans forgot the entire issue of religious liberty and conscience. That now when you elevate this to a status of a federal civil right, it's going to crush religious institutions. It's going to crush conscience rights. I don't know where this stands in the Senate. But I'm just telling you, it demonstrates the Republican Party is on the other side. And the reason we are where we are today on all the other issues is because they threw the fight. It doesn't have to be this way. And by the way, just so you know, just because Congress passes an unconstitutional law, it doesn't make it constitutional. Even Anthony Kennedy in the Windsor case said very clearly, nowhere does it mention marriage in the federal constitution, and there's no way you could take away the power from the states. So there's nothing stopping the state from saying, you know, we're not abiding by this. But of course, don't hold your breath expecting a state to do this. So I just wanted to get back to the Maryland election for a minute because this is the same concept. They gave up on marriage. They gave up on limited government. They gave up on spending. They gave up on every issue. So here, medical freedom, they gave up on it before they even started fighting it because they never fought it at the party level and they're not campaigning on it. And finally, we get a candidate who actually does campaign on it. And guess what? Larry Hogan, Lockdown Larry, announces today that he will not support Dan Cox in the general election, not voting for him. Mind you, often when that is done within the party, it's if they felt the candidate did something immoral or ran a particularly nasty campaign. He ran on medical freedom. It was Kelly Schultz, Hogan's person, who relentlessly attacked him personally. Because she, she obviously had no agenda that was distinguishable from the Democrats. So, I mean, the guy did nothing wrong. But again, it demonstrates it is a one-way street. They will always sandbag you. And that's why I feel like, screw it, I wouldn't vote for them. But you know what's funny? So they're doing this in Pennsylvania, which unlike Maryland is a lot more winnable. Here's an article from Politico. Very interesting. Democrats boosted a MAGA long shot in the PA Gov race. Now he's got a real shot at winning. You know, they basically talk about Doug Mastriano. The Democrats are like, oh, we'll get him in. He's crazy. He can't win a general election. And Republicans all over. He can't win. He can't win. He can't win. But they say the higher gas prices go, the more electable Mastriano is, said the chair of the Cambria County Republican Party. Honestly, I feel this is Mastriano's campaign to lose. And I've said this all along. Mastriano was always electable. It's the, the Pasha Sultan Senate candidate it's the rhino that's not electable. So this is the big lie, but it's time we do it to them. We have the right not to support their candidates. So it's a very interesting political article. Slowly they're admitting maybe he is, maybe he can win. And again, it's the same thing with, um, you know, when it comes to Dan Cox, they automatically say, oh, they can't win, they can't win. Really? Who's to say that? Again, it takes a miracle for any Republican to win in Maryland. But they say that even in states where you could easily win. It's time we stop falling into this trap. But I do want to get to our interview segment today. It's sponsored by Better Spectacles. For those of you unhappy with your progressive glasses, both the lenses and also because they're progressive companies, like everything else, they're dominated by the left, Better Spectacles is the only American conservative company. They're offering Rodenstock Eyewear, a 144-year-old German company, 
that holds the world's gold standard for eyewear. Their scientists use biometric research to measure the eye in over 7,000 points. The result? Go big. Biometrical intelligence glasses, which give you a seamlessly natural experience that works perfectly with your brain, gives you the sharpest vision. You want to know how I think clearly? Because I have Rodenstock eyewear from big, from better spectacles. My wife does as well, and my oldest son is now getting his first pair. So go to betterspectacles.com slash conservative to schedule a teleoptical appointment today so you don't even have to leave your home and wear a mask. You don't have to uh, settle when it comes to your eyesight. Go big with biometrical intelligence glasses. Unlike Pfizer, their stuff is actually backed by science, and they're offering an introductory 61% off their progressive eyewear plus free handcrafted rodenstock frames. Great eyeglasses change vision. It changes lives. Go to betterspectacles.com slash conservative. Now, I just wanted to say, folks, the degree of damage from these shots is something that I think all of us are going to come to realize that even the way I'm presenting it, I'm understating the problem. And by the way, those of you who are not uh, members at Blaze Media, you're going to want to subscribe today because next Tuesday night at 9 p.m. Eastern, and this is why I'm going to Dallas because we're taping it, um, but you guys will be privy to an hour and a half with Steve Dace, myself, Peter McCullough, and Sarah Gonzalez going over vaccine injury. Um, and safety for an hour and a half. So this is the way we get around the censorship by going through just the subscription Blaze TV so it can't be censored anywhere. So in the future, this is really what you're going to have to do, and we're going to have to pay for stuff. All the free stuff is owned. So those of you who want to hear more of this, my show obviously every day is not subscription, but it is definitely worthwhile. And, And look, we have other good hosts. Steve and Sarah have been terrific on this issue. Um, But anyway, just as an intro to our next guest, Jessica Rose put out a substack today, and she noted that on page 131 of a document titled um, A Phase 1-2-3 Placebo-Controlled Randomized Observed Blind Dose Finding Study to Evaluate the Safety, Tolerability, Immunogenicity, and Efficacy of SARS-CoV-2 RNA Vaccine... This document, again, one of the court-released document, on page 131, there's something very interesting. And it says that the preferred method to transmit severe adverse events is only through the mail. Okay? Hard copy mail or phone. Clearly, they didn't want an electronic copy of it. Okay? it's pretty clear that they understood they can manipulate and hide things if there's no electronic copy. Pretty scary stuff, folks. Then there's a second piece of information on page two of a document titled Pfizer Safety Data Sheet. And this one's really scary. It turns out that you'll find something called potassium chloride in the hazardous ingredients table. 
potassium chloride is a mineral found in many foods and is essential for proper functioning of the beating of the heart. It can be taken as a therapeutic to prevent or aid in elevation of low serum levels of potassium in the context of a condition called hypokalemia. But side effects of excessive potassium include uneven heartbeat, muscle weakness or limp feeling, severe stomach pain and numbness or tingling in your hands, feet or mouth. And, and, and this is very much associated with the, the shot. And notice that the list of adverse reactions associated with administration of highly concentrated IV potassium chloride is all cardiac related. So she has a piece out on this that when you inject that concentration suddenly in someone's body, it really does jive with a lot of the severe adverse events. And that's where I want to get to our guest. So before we bring on our special guest, Dr. Ely, today, I just did want to say this. One of the big things I've seen throughout the media and even conservative media is a lack of empathy. If something is not within your sphere, if you're not experiencing it and you don't know anyone directly experiencing it, it doesn't exist. Not a problem. Out of sight, out of mind, can't be. And you know, I've been blessed by God that the last two years, I was able to skate away without really having to wear a mask in most places, never had a vaccine mandate. I was able to work from home. I didn't lose my job. Okay. And then, you know, I didn't have to get the jab, so I didn't have to worry about being injured by it. And then with COVID, you know, I, I actually just got it two weeks ago, two, three weeks ago. I didn't even mention anything to you guys. If you notice, I didn't stop working, never affected me. You might have heard a day or two, I had a little scratchy throat, a little bit of a cough, um, barely noticed it. And my wife was the same thing when she had it months ago. Um, my kids, same thing, barely registered, no problem, short COVID, long COVID, nothing. And I'm truly blessed by God to have been in that situation. But in the, rea the reality is, you know what? A lot of people have been severely damaged by both bioweapons that have been unleashed upon us, the, the pathogen and, and the jab. And those people exist in droves, and we're still trying to sketch out the magnitude of it and the scope of it, but it's, it's enormous, absolutely enormous. It's funny, uh, the German health ministry just came out today and said, you know, basically one in 5,000 people were hospitalized from the shot. Now, that's a lie. It was much more than that. We have multiple data points pointing to more like one in a few hundred, but even one in 5,000 would be several million people throughout the world. That's insane, okay? If you take the massive denominator of people who got the shot and then and then yes long covid's a thing you know my view on this the, the the virus is not something that should be dismissed you need to treat it aggressively because the reality is it was created with the furin cleavage site on the spike protein it was the result of years worth of gain of function research it was meant to screw people up and we need to get ahead of the next thing they're doing we need our own gain of function research and that's why we've had all these terrific doctors on that are, that are doing this. And this really is what candidates should be running on, among other things, holding our government accountable and getting to the bottom of this, but to actually fund research for how to treat people and certainly to compensate people who are injured by it. So with us today is one of those special doctors we've never had on, but we should have, Dr. Henry Ely. He's the founder and um, 
the founder of of the executive and, and executive community director for the Energetic Health Institute. You can find it energetichealthinstitute.org. He's a naturopathic physician, board certified in holistic nutrition. Uh, Dr. H, as they call him, hosts a weekly nationwide program, Energetic Health Radio. Make sure to check that out. He's a regular writer on the America Out Loud Network. Um, and he's really been detailing publishing papers with empirical evidence regarding all things COVID. He's actually an ordained minister as well, so he has a unique insight into the spirit of the age behind COVID fascism. And he's the author of a book, still available on Amazon, Energetic Health, Interesting Insights into Advanced Natural Medicine. Dr. Ely, thanks so much for waiting so patiently and joining us today at Blaze Media. Hey, Daniel, thank you so much for having me. And I just got to send a shout out to your audience. You are, without a doubt, one of my favorite authors uh, to read uh, in terms of all the publications you do. You do such a great job with your research and how you just lay everything out on this topic for your audience. So uh, just bravo, man. I really love reading your stuff. So one of the things, obviously, I can't do is is treat patients. So what we need from you is real practical advice. It's heartbreaking. I get mm-hmm. emails every day, both about long vaccine, long COVID, and obviously it doesn't exi- exist to the medical uh, the the medical profession. Uh, certainly, those that aren't in the naturopathic uh, field, uh, very few who aren't, at least. So could you just give an overview? of the mm-hmm. major categories of vaccine injury you're seeing and where you think it's coming from pathophysiologically. Yeah, well, you know, when we talk about injury from the, the shots, I think we have to really understand the, the uh, peer-reviewed research that came out of Lund University uh, on February 25th of this year, showing demonstratively that um, within six hours, uh, the mRNA sequences that get shot into people's body can, you know, reverse transcribe and become uh, DNA and upload into people's DNA. So there is definitive genetic modification uh, going on. And so the big concern, uh, Daniel, becomes where does that genetic modification occur? Which cell type? Is it occurring in a skin cell, an epithelial cell? No big deal if it does there. I mean, that's why the people, you know, you have people who got the shot and there were no real significant adverse events. But what happens when it shows up in a glandular tissue, a reproductive tissue? What happens when it shows up in uh, the cardio, uh, the cardiac tissue? What happens when it shows up in neurologic tissue? So what I've been working with predominantly for folks that have been uh, injured by the, uh, by the gene modification is, um, is for folks the tissue, uh, the, the neurologic tissue where it showed up, you know, because that's one of those that's an interesting conundrum because the neurologic tissue doesn't replicate. You see, if tissue replicates, you know, like epithelial tissue for skin or for digestive tract, then, you know, the body's going to figure out how to overcome this genetic modification ultimately. But when we start talking about neurologic tissue, we have to take additional measures if we're even going to have a chance for a person to undo the damage of the genetic modification. And that is going to involve um, fasting. I mean, in, as a primary therapy, we, it's just I don't see any other way to get around it. So that's what I've been doing. I've been working with a lot of people who are severely injured. Um, it's been a great honor of mine to work with them. I've worked with some people with uh, very severe uh, long, uh, long haul, excuse me, <clears throat> COVID long haul. And, 
you know, I, I think what you see in both of those is, is uh, an understanding that we have to get back to basics with everything and understand that we have to do our job to create an optimal cellular environment for healing to occur. And when we do that, we put the body in the best position to do what it does best, which is heal. Every body is designed to heal. So you're seeing, obviously, neurological issues. We find uh, sensitivity to light, vertigo, um, tinnitus, migraines, very, very common. Um, but what about all of the cardio elements, the circulatory elements, uh, blood clotting, things like that? Is that from the reverse transcription, the, the, the genetic modifications, or is that just straight up from the spike protein um, being very thrombotic and sticking to uh, the endothelial mm -hmm. cells. Mm -hmm. My 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 personal opinion and professional opinion today would be that it's it's due to the spike protein. We had a study that was published in April of 21 showing that the spike protein was enough to be injurious to the endothelial lining of the uh, blood vessels. <clears throat> so when we when we understand that. What that, what that tells us, and I think the best description I can give your audience is, you know, the spike protein is analogous to like a shard of glass or a razor blade, a small razor blade, and it, it can cut and really damage the inner lining of the blood vessel. And so whether that source origin of spike protein is, you know, you got infected and the virus, the bioweapon took over your cell and started producing the spike protein on its surface, um, or whether you got the injection and your body is now genetically modified and you're producing that spike protein, it doesn't matter. It's still spike protein, uh, little razor blades, you know, cutting the inside lining of the, of the blood vessels. And then every time there's damage to a cell, your body has to respond to it. So it's going to respond by plugging up with platelets, by having, you know, thrombo, uh, thrombocytic events, you know, to kind of plug up from the damage so the body can attempt to heal. The problem becomes, Daniel, when the damage is incessant, you know, um, for a person who, whose body and immune system can clear the infection, let's say they have over 50 nanograms per milliliter of, of vitamin D, you know, circulating their bloodstream. Let's say they're, mm. they're taking healthy amounts of vitamin C and vitamin A, and they're really augmenting their immune system's ability to fight off the infection. Well, that's going to be, a, there's going to come a point in time where their, their body is no longer infected. And so one of my big concerns for the long haulers has been just severe nutrient deficiency. Like we got to get them, you know, really, you know, nutrient dense. And it has to become a decided, like you said, aggressive kind of approach to it. But the, the challenge becomes when you step away from the infective side and you move into the injection side, and now you understand that the injections are going to genetically modify a person's DNA so that that person is going to be producing spike protein indefinitely. Well, now it's like, well, where's the off switch, you know, for this mm -hmm. whole thing? And that's what we're trying to figure out. That's the conundrum for us clinically is how do we how do we put the body in a position where we can effect an off switch to this, where we can undo the genetic modification? And my research keeps coming back to the same thing. I've been talking about this since before the shots even were approved. It keeps coming back to autophagocytosis and, and the art of fasting. And, and that's something that we've been teaching at the school for, for uh, over eight years now. So the art <laughs> of fasting, fact. you're saying more than anything else in terms of supplements, nutrients, um, off-label medications, mm -hmm. that's really your lead solution is, is intermittent fasting? 
I, I think we have to it's a it's a primary one and, and what we have to do is we have to get out of the concept Daniel of of having like one magic bullet like this one thing's going to do it it's not yeah. going to be just fasting it's not going to be just nutrition it's not going to be just like IV vitamin C therapy and or sauna therapy or hyperbaric oxygen therapy it's not going to be just one thing it's going to be a sequence of these things where we're creating a synergistic effect with them. So the first thing we have to do clinically is get the patient's body stable. And the way we do that is with high dose nutrition. So you get the person stable so that they're no longer declining. We've proven that we can do that. But then you have to move into the next step. And the next step is undoing the genetic modification. And for that, the primary therapy moves from nutrition into fasting. You see what I'm saying? Like you have to know when to sequence these things. What about other detoxes, forms of, you know, there's a lot of Mm -hmm. antioxidants out there. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, people that are worried about, let's go through some of the ailments. You know, fatigue is a huge one, huge one that you'll Mm -hmm. find someone Mm -hmm. that might not even have gotten COVID that bad or acutely, didn't get a cytokine storm, the pulmonary issues. But, man, they're just they're just fatigued forever. And and, and likewise Mm -hmm. with the shot. Um, Mm -hmm. What sort of levels are being sapped there that you need to juice up? Well, that's you're, you're talking right up my alley now. The whole thing that we do is Energetic Health Institute, and it's predicated on this understanding that all disease, this, the only symptom common to all disease is fatigue. And so what that tells us is we have a Rosetta Stone, and that Rosetta Stone is in our cells, and they're called mitochondria. So what we have to do is give the mitochondria everything they need to produce energy, energy in the form, <clears throat> excuse me, of what's termed adenosine 5-prime triphosphate or ATP. And so what does this come down to? This comes down to, Daniel, something very simple, a very strong multivitamin, a very strong multivitamin with at least 100 milligrams of vitamin B5 panathenic acid in it. You see, when you give the body that, and this is a part of every healing process I take patients through and I teach my students how to effect as well. When you give the body what it needs to produce energy, what starts happening at the cell level is the cells start to produce enzymes. Some of those enzymes are for um, uh, metabolization. Some of those enzymes are for detoxification, the P450 cytochrome enzymes. Some of those are for cell replication and some of them are for cell regeneration. But it all starts, the healing process has to be has to begin at the production of energy so a multivitamin becomes very important for a lot of these people and then when you put a multivitamin together with the vitamin d the vitamin c the vitamin a when you understand that you have to also take a look at a person's glutathione levels you have to take a look at a person's microbiome dr sabine hazen does some great work on this and and you and and the the essential nature of bifidobacterium what it starts creating is you start opening up the medicine chest, so to speak, for people. And now what you're effectively doing is changing the environment that their cells live within. See, when the water around, we we know that we're predominantly water as a body, right? So our cells are resting in water. Water becomes this carrier medium for all these nutrients or a carrier medium for all of these pollutants. So what we're essentially doing is saying, we're going to swap out those pollutants in your body with clean Uh, water and with nutrient dense experiences for these cells so that they can draw and grab whatever nutrients they need to do their job, which is to either clear an infection that is staying far too long or 
to help reverse the effects of the genetic modification. And when we put that together with great therapies like sequencing, maybe we do do some bentonite clay and, and psyllium in a, in a traditional cleanse. Maybe we do set the stage for autophagocytosis with fasting. Maybe we do set the stage for hyperbaric oxygen therapy and things of that nature. What we start doing, Daniel, is we're taking care of the, the mitochondria at every step of the way because if a person is going to heal, it's because their body is producing energy. And that's, and it, I mean, it's really that simple when you get down to it. When it comes to short-term COVID, you know, just the, the danger of really mm -hmm. experiencing either microclotting or a bad cytokine storm. So there mm -hmm. were a lot of these really good doctors that have concocted various cocktails of anti-inflammatories and sometimes anticoagulants that, that seem to work for mm -hmm. most people. For In terms of long haul, long COVID and long vaccine injury, are there any mm -hmm. off-label drugs that, that you find work for some of the chronic inflammation, neurological issues, autoimmune issues, um, do, do you find that any, any of those drugs working? You know, uh, we don't use, <laughs> we don't use drugs in, in the work that I do. Um, thankfully we haven't had to, you know, the body is designed to heal. We, we work within what the body provides us. Um, I will say that, uh, I know Dr. Corey and Dr. Merrick with FLCCC, um, have done some really good work still using ivermectin for um, folks that are injured by the shots. I think there is some efficacy potential there. Uh, I haven't used it clinically or needed to use it clinically myself yet, um, but I do think there is something still there for it. I think that was kind of their Achilles heel. They didn't realize, the evil folks didn't realize that ivermectin was going to be so effective, you know, with it. But I, I still, Daniel, think it comes back to the, the basics. You know, you get the cell producing energy, you know, you make sure the cellular environment is conducive for healing, meaning that there's nutrient availability for the cell. And then I think you also have to build in time periods where the cell is not metabolizing. See, the thing about cells is that they're going to do one thing really well at a time. They're going to either metabolize the foods and things that you're doing. They're going to either detoxify from that experience, the waste, get the waste out and everything, or they are going to um, uh, heal themselves up and that's where autophagocytosis comes in or they're going to replicate. But they don't do all four of those major events simultaneously. So if you're constantly eating all day long, like let's say you wake up and you have coffee and you put some creamer in it and some sugar, right? And then you, at, at night before you go to bed, you want a little treat and you have a little Haagen-Dazs. You haven't given your body an opportunity to go without calories. And when you don't give your body a chance to be hungry, you never get into autophagocytosis. So the cell is constantly degrading, con constantly degenerating. And if the person is already nutrient deficient, if they They've gotten the shot. If they're definitively injured, the deterioration is just going to be that much more rapid. You've got to get the stop sign up, and the stop sign up is being hungry. There is nothing more important in our world today than for every single person on our planet, whether you've gotten the genetic modification or not, to give yourself the opportunity to be hungry every single day. And how do you do that? Simple, intermittent fasting. So, so what does that look like to the average person? That's obviously very daunting for a lot of people. How long mm -hmm. are you talking about? 
Well, one of the things I've been doing for the last, what, five, six, seven years, I don't even know how long I've been doing is I'll do uh, intermittent fasting. I'll do 16 consecutive hours of, of no calorie, right? So for me, like, let's say I, I finished, like yesterday I finished eating at like, uh, I think six o'clock last night, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not going to put another calorie in my body until 10 a.m., the next day until 10 a.m. today. Now, can I have herbal tea that doesn't have sweetener? Sure, there's no calories in it. Can I have water? Absolutely. But I have to give my body an opportunity to be hungry every day. And when I do that, I allow my body every day to engage autophagocytosis within the cell, which is mm. a deeper level of healing that is embedded. You see, we talk about God all the time, right? The message that I'm getting out there now, and I just had a great interview with Judy Mikovich. I love her so much. You know, we have found God within the cell. God lives in every single cell of every person's body. And that's why they want us to keep having all these boosters and things like that. Because the evil people have figured out that the moment that a person starts getting away from their last shot, their body actually starts healing. The cell actually starts Mm. attempting to undo the genetic modification. That's why they want people going in two and three times a year to get another shot. It's like a grounded pound. You got it. It's exactly (laughs) what it is. Unrelenting. You can't, it's the synergistic effect of, you know, there's one blow, but then if you have multiple blows raining down, and I guess that's why, you know, you had the Time Magazine article yesterday, children will need boosters again and again. That was the title. They had no, uh, they weren't bashful about it. It's truly unbelievable. So God lives in every cell. And your, your point is letting it rest, letting it do its thing. So I take it from what you're saying that practically speaking, the best thing is really overnight um, you know, to to end eating earlier, have a have a dinner, and then done. You're done, and then don't you know, rush to eat the minute you wake up beyond water. Or so, um, rather than doing it during the daytime, which is even harder. Exactly. Well, you can set up the schedule whenever. Like I do a random schedule, but some people are very strict with theirs because that works for their lifestyle, and that's totally cool. Some people are like, look, I stop eating at two p.m. every day. And that way, 6 a.m. the next day, I could start eating if I technically wanted to. You know, it, it just it depends on it. Now, there is a caveat. Folks with um, autoimmune uh, hypothyroidism typically have a hard time doing intermittent fasting. Mm-hmm. But what's nice for them is they can do three, five, seven-day water fasts, no problem in terms of, of the effect upon their body. Now, those can be a little challenging for people going several consecutive days. But I, I do both, personally. I, I do... Three. I just finished a seven-day water fast uh, um, like two, three weeks ago. You know, I mean, it's you. We have Excuse to get our, our head a around seven-day yeah. water fast. What does that mean? <laughs> yeah, that means I went seven days and only water, no calories. Oh my god. Okay. You well, know? that's that's yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Uh, that's just crazy talk, right? That's kind of crazy talk. <laughs> but but no, I definitely see the science behind what you're saying. I want to get to a couple of specific things. A lot of people have been asking about. One of the most common and really bizarre things of this, uh, it's almost like the signature of the bioweapon, and I never remember hearing about it. If you could speak a little bit about the loss of sense of taste and smell, you have a lot of people, again, yeah. even those that, that didn't really have a problem with COVID, it's not like they were worried about their blood oxygen level and you know problems with that, but then they lost their sense of smell, sometimes immediately, sometimes a little bit later, and it just never fully recovers even months later. And I haven't seen a lot of good, you know, literature on what to do for that. 
naturopathically, we've always looked at disruption of, of uh, sense of smell and taste to be, number one, interrelated. If you have trouble smelling, it's going to throw off your taste. We, we, we all know that. that. That's not unique to naturopathic medicine. But we've looked at loss of smell as always a sign of, of severe zinc deficiency. And so I think what's important is to first um, assess zinc, but also understand, like Dr. Zelenko the Great, uh, Dr. Zelenko had, had taught us that, you know, we need to have a zinc ionophore, something to push zinc into the cell. So that's where you get quercetin. That's where you get uh, green tea, the epigallocatechins and green tea. They help get the zinc from the bloodstream into the cell. So I think the first thing I've seen with patients over the last two years who lose their sense of smell is we, we load them up on zinc. We use a specific form of it called zinc picolinate, which is uh, very absorbable. And then we make sure they have a zinc ionophore, either green tea or quercetin to go with it. Most of the time it's, it's been quercetin. Then what, we, then what we do is we have folks understand that the only, the only nerve that does replicate or are our are our olfactory nerves, our, our nerves for smell. And so those are the only ones that will replicate, but they replicate very slowly. So recovery takes months, it, just to begin with, on, on general premise. But what we also do is we encourage through smell therapy. And this is where you have people burning essential oils that they know that they have a, a memory of what it's supposed to smell like so that they can start teaching their nervous system how to smell again because it's a very important part of the process and when we marry these three factors you know zinc and nutrient density with you know being hungry every day and letting your body really heal up at that cellular level and pr using a therapy like a smell therapy where you're using essential oils and you're burning clean essential oils in the house you know maybe it's uh you know maybe it's a uh, eucalyptus or something like that but you're giving your body you know something to smell now you're teaching the body and then you understand it's just going to take uh you know a few months but i've seen good results for people that i've given that um to that that recommendation to the other bizarre thing i'm seeing increasingly is or people are noticing it increasingly is the loss of hair what's up mm -hmm. with that and, and have you dealt with uh trying to treat hair loss as well well that that to us has looked like uh, thyroid issues you know, that what we've seen people um, who, and this has been, I've seen it in both, but I've seen it predominantly actually in people who've gotten the shots. And my suspicion is what we have is a lipid nanoparticle upload into the thyroid gland at that point, And we have disruption of thyroid um, and thyroid production. So we encourage people to do several things. One, um, I want to always say that any of the talks I do with this is discuss this information with qualified medical people always, yes. right? Don't just take something you've heard on, on air in an interview and go, I'm going to go and run with it. But then the most important premise, uh, principle I like to get across to people is don't guess when you can know. Go and get a CBC, a CMP, uh, it's a complete metabolic panel, a lipid panel. Go get an AM cortisol. Go get a full, not just a TSH, but a full thyroid panel. And make sure you include vitamin D as well. Know what your vitamin, every single person should know whether or not their vitamin D number is above 50 nanograms mm. per milliliter or not. You should just know that at this point. And um, it still blows my mind that when folks get admitted supposedly for COVID in a hospital setting, they still aren't testing every patient for vitamin D levels. It, it 
blows my mind. I mean, that's malpractice with all we know about the role vitamin D plays. So it's get these tests in. And there's one other test that I do with all my patients, Daniel, that I think that's really, really important. And that is a delayed food allergy test. I don't like to guess when I can know. So when I can run a blood, uh, a blood sample, a blood draw on a patient and, and know 184 foods and herbs, know how their immune system responds to 184 foods and herbs, it allows me to be very precise in terms of, okay, this food is going to be ideal for you. This food is going to be no good for you. This food is going to lead to more inflammation, which is going to exacerbate all these other symptoms that you're trying to get rid of. See, if we're going to get the body into a state of healing, we have to understand what what we're doing that's injuring it. Are we overeating? Are we eating too frequently? Are we eating foods that our immune system doesn't like? Are we missing certain nutrients? You see, there's, there's these factors that go into it. So what we've done for our long haulers and for our folks that are injured, you know, I embrace them. I, I think it's ridiculous that when we just kind of dismiss people, well, I didn't get the shot. So anybody who gets, got the shot, you know, whatever for them, that's ridiculous. We can't exist like that. You know, we have to embrace people who've been lied to. Right. So, my attitude is we've designed a course and I've just, I'm almost done with filming on it. Um, it's called the art of cellular healing and we're going to be releasing it on August 1st at uh, the energetic health Institute. It's a way for people who have long haul people who've gotten injured by the shots to have a starting point of not just understanding what they're doing, but have a plan so they can get to that stalemate point and start the journey back to recovery. Right. And this is what, you know, I'm sharing the information that we've been learning clinically at, and to the best of my ability. And then as we learn new, I'll update that course. But the idea is really simple. I want to help people put themselves in the best situation they can put themselves for healing to happen because the cells are designed to heal even this crazy bioweapon stuff that we've experienced in the last couple of years. Let me ask you about this reverse transcription. Um, is this possibly the culprit for what a lot of people have noticed anecdotally? I certainly see it, and there have been papers written on this, but aging, mm -hmm. where I'll find people that aren't particularly that old, but maybe the last time you saw them, they were 65, 68, and they look horrible. Just the last mm -hmm. two years, they, they walk with a limp, they look like they've aged 10, 15 years, is that real? I, I think it is. We've been under more stress than the human body, the you know, the human species has really ever experienced. You have, you have to think about it. Bioweapon, psychological warfare. One of the things I talk with people about sometimes is uh, post-traumatic stress disorder, right? And we look at it from a military standpoint. And most militaries around the world have a set number of days that a soldier can remain at the front line, so to speak, like in a battle, in an adverse situation. And it's usually, a, uh, you know, 150 to 250 days, because they've learned that after that time period, you start to become a detriment to your, you know, your battalion, you know, so we have to appreciate we've all been at this as a world culture for over 900 days. We are all suffering from some level of post-traumatic stress disorder, and that takes a toll. It puts us in a constant state of fight or flight mode in our nervous system. And when that's the case, we're constantly cranking out cortisol, constantly cranking out adrenaline. And that comes at, at a law at a diminishing return ultimately we tap out our reserves 
And what it starts showing up is we're now fatigued. And when you're fatigued, now your body doesn't have, your cells don't have the energy to repair, to replicate. We start having more breakdowns of our DNA, more single-stranded DNA breaks, more double-stranded DNA breaks, more errors during cellular replication. And over a period of time of consistent stress, nutrient deficiency, no rest, no let up in sight, despair all around us, what are you left with? You're left with a breakdown of the cells. And when that happens for a long enough period of time, it shows up visibly and people look older than they really are. People feel older than they really are. And the reality is we can only endure so much constant stress. And, and that's part of their plan. I know. I mean, it's like they want to outlast us and we have to take the opinion that we're going to outlast them. And the only way I know to do that is by keeping myself nourished, keeping myself hungry every day, and Daniel, something very important, keeping myself connected with people I love every day. Mm. Letting God, we have to remind each other that everything is going to be all right. You know, we've been through rough times as a as a species before. We've cre and we've been the arbiter of that typically as well. But we've been through rough times before. We're going to get through this one as well. But we're not going to get through this until we say no. And that's the most important medicine I think we can take right now is to tell these evil people no more. No more. Yeah. I mean, you, you look at, at all these clips that are now surfacing from the World Economic Forum and, and similar entities that people like myself probably left it off, ignored it, or didn't even know about it until now. And now it's just all this stuff is surfacing. They they mean it. I mean, when they, they, they talk about genetic modification, they, they brag about it. They're not shy about it. And, and that's what we have to combat uh, to understand the cause of a lot of this. So again, we have the genetic modifications that we know is happening. It was called misinformation, but now we have we have that proven. There's no study that contradicts the Swedish study on that. We have mm -hmm. obviously the spike protein was the crown jewel of the of the bioweapon. How much do you think is because of the lipid nanoparticles and some of the other unknown ingredients? Because the reason why I ask that is that in theirs alone, according to Dr. Jessica Rose, there's over 14,000 categories of maladies and injuries. Mm -hmm. I Just mm -hmm. all this bizarre stuff, bizarre inflammatory things. I, I just saw a trial site yesterday, um, and, and this was a, over a year ago, pretty early on a Japanese study on intracranial hemorrhaging that they believe mm -hmm. they identified eight or so women in Japan who died from it. It almost seems like there's got to be more factors at play here. Do you think there's some other ingredients that are causing issues? I, I, I would be shocked if there wasn't at this point, because why would you need it to be so proprietary? Why would you need it to, why would you need to be so hush hush on what's actually in, in the syringe, you know, if there wasn't some other stuff. And I think it's important to keep in mind that for all things considered to be vaccines, and I definitely don't consider these to be vaccines, even though they're categorized as them. Uh, when you go to the FDA, um, the FDA allows for the addition of thimerosal um, without needing to be listed on the label post-production. So you so every manufacturer can add things in and we don't really know what's in there because there's no independent testing on what's actually in the syringe. So, you know, when you look at that, it's like, yeah, how could it not be? Of course, they've been hiding 
you know, things that we know to be injurious to the human body in, uh, in the syringes for decades. So why would this be any different? I think the thing that um, I look at is the lipid nanoparticle is this perfect delivery system because every cell is made of a phospholipid bilayer. And so that phospholipid bilayer means that our cell walls are made up of fats. Well, a lipid nanoparticle merges with that instantaneously mm. and, and it's going to release all the content. So lipid. what I've been telling people, right, lipid, lipid, right? So <laughs> and it just hit me. <laughs> so, it's, so, so when you think about the brain, for instance, right, the brain is predominantly fat. 80% of the brain is fat. You know, when you look at our nerves, nerves are surrounded by myelin. That's all fat glands, glandular tissue, that's all fat, heart. Guess what the heart prefers in terms of a fuel source? It doesn't prefer uh, carbohydrate, it prefers lipids, right? So all of these cell types have, you know, are going to be very amenable for lipids and some even more so than others. And that's some of what the Japanese study showed in uh, 21, where they showed that the lipid nanoparticles were accumulating in glandular tissue, in, in reproductive organ tissue, in ovaries, in testes, in neurologic tissue. It was pretty, con it was pretty clear. It's not an accident, in my opinion, that uh, the former prime minister gets assassinated in public. Come on. You know, he was they sent back, what, 1.4 million vials or something like that because they they couldn't confirm the purity of, of what was in there. I mean, Japan is one of the only countries in the world that actually independently tests what gets sent to them um, to uh, to verify that what's what they say is in the vial is actually in the vial. No other country that I know of even does that. And so when you find that kind of information out there, it's like, well, that's the truth. There's some junk in there, and we have a right to know. I mean, if you, you wouldn't go and buy a box of cereal, right? I've been telling people for this for forever. If Lucky Charms was implicated in injuring over 1.4 million people and implicated in over uh, 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 almost 30,000 deaths and over 8,000 deaths within 48 hours, it would be pulled off the shelf. They'd never let Lucky Charms have a, a, a no ingredients listed, you know, just say <laughs> proprietary blend on the side package. That wouldn't be allowed. So why is it allowed for these things that are, are currently still in clinical trial, according to the uh, NIH? It's, so, it's just, it's, it's insulting. It, th this is a good segue to a lot of final few minutes here, and this has been really, really helpful to our, our audience. The legal side, you're also involved a little bit on the legal side too, pushing for mm -hmm. grand jury investigations, because we're speaking about this medically, scientifically, um, you know, as if this were a natural disaster. Man, there's a bunch of people injured. What do we do? Cellular restoration. But it, it wasn't natural. It was done premeditatedly. Mm -hmm. we, we now know they knew all this early on. The implications um, morally are just so shocking, people don't even want to think about it. Um, what are you working on with this grand jury investigation? What are you trying to accomplish, and how could people help? Well, we, my team was the, the team that put together the, the peer-reviewed paper on, uh, on death certificates and seeing how there was so much fraudulent data with death certificates. Uh, we know that anywhere from 85 to um, 94 percent of all death certificates uh, that are supposed to be attributed to COVID-caused deaths uh, weren't caused by COVID. They were caused by pre-existing comorbid conditions. And we know that the uh, CDC changed uh, how death certificate reporting was going to go, it, but only for COVID-19. They did this on March 24th, 2020, and they did it without 
going through the Federal Register without launching uh, federal oversight and without opening up public comment that they were required to do by federal law. So what we did was we um, informed every U.S. that we published the paper, made sure it was peer-reviewed, make sure we were spot on with what we had found. Uh, we, we sent that paper to every U.S. attorney in the country in October of 2020. I paid for it myself and, and nothing. Uh, we didn't get one response. So we started working with Senator Dennis Linthicum and Senator Kim Thatcher in the state of Oregon, great people. Uh, they contacted um, uh, Scott Asfog, the U.S. attorney here for the state of Oregon. And um, instead of him enacting a grand jury last summer, he sent the information that we provided to the Department of Justice, and they obstructed justice, in our opinion. And so we said, well, we're not getting anywhere fast with, with this process. So we wrote a grand jury petition and we filed it in the Ninth Circuit Court on March 7th of, of this year. Uh, and what we essentially said, it's a 63-page um, petition with over a 1,000 pages of, of substantive evidence. We essentially said to the Judge Hernandez, we're here because nobody's listening. We're here because the CDC has broken federal laws. We're here because the CDC has lied to the American people. We're here because people are dying and people are being injured and people are losing their livelihoods because of these misstatements, these, these, uh, these lies that have been told, these alleged lies that have been told. And that it's the court's duty when appraised of a uh, substantiated um, uh, allegations of criminal activity, it's the court's duty to launch a grand jury investigation to determine whether or not there's substance to what we have provided the court. And so what we're waiting on right now is we're, they're going to try to move for a, a mistrial. Uh, um, uh, what is it? What's it called? I'm, I'm blanking dismiss. on this motion dismiss. They're going to be um, uh, making a motion dismiss sometime in August. And we're going to be filing a, um, uh, a response to that and saying it's the court's duty to investigate this matter because our findings are we, everything we found is based upon CDC publications. We've <laughs> it's almost it's almost laughable that we even have to do this. I mean, somebody else should have been on this, and the FBI, somebody else should have been on this. It's but it's, it's nobody the biggest else was. criminal conspiracy ever, and the most devastatingly conse- consequential one. Truly, truly terrible. Um, we're gonna have to cu- uh, cut it short here. But this was definitely very helpful information. So for those that are really suffering and they want help, is there any way they could find you um, to find out more about how they could join your program? Absolutely. Go to energetichealthinstitute.org. And we are encouraging everybody. We have a, we're giving away a free chapter out of my book called The Art of Eating Healthy for folks that want to get started on this process and, and start taking control of their health and their freedom because those two things are completely connected. And what, we, what we're doing uh, with that is when you sign up, you're going to get advance notice as soon as the um, course for our long haulers and our folks that are injured is ready. And it's going to be ready in just a few uh, days from now. So we, we would encourage folks go to energetichealthinstitute.org, sign up for and get the free ebook and uh, you know check out what we're doing and, and get notified when, when our coursework comes up because we want to help as many people as we can. That's what it's all about. Well, those people are going to seek you out because there aren't too many people doing what you're doing. Uh, Thanks for filling that void. And please keep us updated on your godly work. It is so important. And may God bless you for, for helping heal so many people.
Uh, thanks for having me, Daniel. And thank you to everyone in your audience for listening. And I want to say to you as well, keep up the great work, man. I really love uh, what you're doing. we got a lot of work powerful. cut out for us. We'll speak to you later. So that was Dr. Henry Ely, again, E-A-L-Y, um, energetichealthinstitute.org. That's going to about do it for us today. We didn't get into most of the political stuff, but I felt there was a need <laughs> – to again point people in the direction of some helpful ideas, some helpful thoughts. I, I love how he says that God lives in all of our cells, explaining cellular cellular repair. It really is, if you look at all the things the WEF says, that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to get between God in our cells, literally. Um, the DNA genetic modification, I mean, this stuff is real. This stuff is absolutely real. And we're just learning the ramifications now, but you know he's he's committed to helping people, and that's why I applaud him. He could be you know laugh at people, ha ha, you shouldn't have gotten that. But this is the point. No, you know, unlike the other side, we actually want to help people. And I'll, I'll tell you this much: you know, sometimes I feel like, man, I'm missing out on some of the time we'd spend on political stuff. But I find this to be some of the most fulfilling work I've ever done because politics, as you all know. I feel real stymied. I mean, I don't know what you do. It's a dumpster fire. But at least this is something that we can help people. Uh, increasingly, it is a problem, by the way. We're going to have to do some shows on that. But the fight against um, vitamins and supplements, they, believe it or not, they are going after that. That is a, an increasingly important uh, fight that we're going to have to get out ahead of. But for now, this is something you can do. Uh, how to take your God-given natural system and heal it. And look, as you well know, I'm a balanced person. I'm not a, a cult into anything and don't take any one person or, or movement 100%. I used to think naturopathic folks were crazy. Now I'm seeing they have much more of the truth on their side. With that said, I mean, I'm not necessarily in favor of, of eschewing any pursuit of any drug of any type. You know, those are the absolutists, but certainly they bring with themselves a lot of science that that uh, has been ignored for way too long, and there's a lot to be said about it. So let me know your questions for Dr. Dr. Ely, um, Daniel Horowitz at startmail.com. Be sure to subscribe to my Telegram channel. Um, you know, that's kind of taking the place of my Twitter for now. It's C19 Truth Bombs on Telegram. Uh, it's the third largest social media network now, and it truly is free. Uh, so it's something that you should get in, get in the habit of using as well. Folks, tomorrow we're going to have on uh, Senator Ron Johnson, so let me know your questions for him. Till then, God bless you all, and thank you for listening. 